From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. I like it. Welcome in. Hour number two, the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill, George, and Trainer. We're all here today in the uh, studio. Uh, Jonathan's now showing us one of his new toys. When are you getting that thing? When are you going to get it delivered? Uh, according to the folks at Grove Equipment. Thursday, th- Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Uh, what are you doing? A couple more weeks, I think. A couple more weeks. What's that thing called? Lane Shark. So the... Fee, FeeCon head is not doing it for you anymore. Now you got to go get a lane. No, truck? the FeeCon is. How do I? Well, the FeeCon is kind of what I would call. Since we had a military conversation earlier, the FeeCon is kind of the Moab of the uh, brush clearing. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. like that's when I'm done playing around. Uh-huh. And uh, the lane shark is more of a J-dam? Uh, exactly. More precision kind of thing? And, well, it's, it's more <laughs> of a you can go it like my main reason that I bought this or we looked at this, me and Dad were talking about it, you can clear fence lines with it. You can do a lot of things with this that you don't need the FECON head for. Plus, like for me up there at the woods, uh, one thing that I really like about it, I was telling Bill, you can turn it sideways so all of your shooting lanes and your roads that you have to get and walk with a handsaw or something like that. Chainsaw, cut it as you go, cut brush back. This is put on the tractor and go, you know. Just go give it a nice uh, crew cut. Yeah, exactly. On the side of it. And and you look at Bill George, he's going, so, um, you know, bring that thing out to the uh, property there. Uh, How can I borrow you that thing here for a couple of days? We can negotiate. My my brother and George have been out there with uh, battery-operated saws and cutters and everything else. That's and they have work. they have an inner web it, of trails that have been started <sighs> that have now just to identify where the trails need to be exactly. See, and my, now we got to get in there with the tractor and, and find yeah. a way to uh, get some of those palmetto stalks out. You know, it's those ones that grow up like wine, five six feet tall. Yeah. You know, just a big long stalk. But we're either going to have to get in there and rip them out or cut them out or something yeah y'all are using some high-tech equipment my experience with trail clearing was very different growing up oh no it, it was, was horseback it and was, grandchildren or, and, well, that was, or your dad <laughs> handing you a machete going clear a path uh, through there that's that was well that was the thing before <laughs> ting, when we had ting, some ting. friends that we had all had kids you know yeah. that was like Braden was saying and bill was saying Here's the uh, Sawzall, battery-powered Sawzall, and the four extra batteries in the back, and every one of them have a 12-inch <laughs> uh, inch wood blade on it, and you're like, okay, if you can reach it, you cut it. I didn't, right. get, I didn't get no battery. I got a machete. No, we got tricked into it. Hey, we're going for a horseback ride. Throw Yay! a saddle on if you want to go. Yay! That's yeah. Right. Yay! Wait, why are we taking something sharp? Eight hours later. Yeah. yeah. Why are we bringing all the uh, brush, uh, the bank hooks and all the other stuff here, Daddy? Listen, listen. That's how my granddaddy, he would have his clients come out, and he'd take them for a ride in the morning, give them a little something to ward off the chill, and then sell them a policy for crop insurance. So sure, why not? It was, it was family business. Yeah, that's what you had to do. <laughs> Well, now, you're not going to turn this into a web of uh billion and a half trails, are you, out there where you're 
Uh, just trying to clear everything? You're not trying to make it into Hillsborough State Park or anything, are you? No, it's the trails are the beginning of uh, staying away from the wet areas. There's a couple flag ponds right now. Supposedly, it's wetter than it's ever been out there. This is for human use, or is this to try to encourage the animals to use these well, trails? Anytime you improve, like animals like edges. Okay? Sure, animals do. If it's so thick, they're they may move through it, but that, yeah. they're going to want to feed where the grasses uh-huh. are and everything else, and that that's in the areas that you've gone in there and mowed and that and it's It's amazing how that works isn't it it was well like the other weekend when i was up the woods using the dozer clearing out those new food plots that i've got up there what was amazing to me was the fact that within 24 hours of like what you just said i went in there and checked everything out and put out some analogics and did a couple other things and already just seeing tracks crisscrossing everywhere across those i mean across that fresh dirt and everything else and they're just and and i laugh when i people ask me that well why does hs and all them come out with a fresh earth scent and i'm like because that animal is programmed when they smell that fresh dirt they're gonna go looking (laughs) well you just want to go check it out i mean even a kid wants to go see a house being built come on man it's one of those things that attracts anything when you got new growth Mm -hmm. it attracts everything uh, I always, one of my, the best parts of mowing my front yard is after you mow the front yard, get to see everything comes to see it. You got all of a sudden blue jays and cardinals and mockingbirds and everything else all show Take up. Take care of the bugs. They going out there digging around. They hadn't seen them all week. Mow it. Everybody's out of the woods. Ibises, everybody, squirrels. Now everybody's there. Ducks are showing up. So that's when I do my inventory. You know, my hurricane. <laughs> so now they're going, okay, six Speaking girls, of which, there is a hurricane days. out there. Oh, man. I know I called I, my cousin Chantel, man. And I think they're bugging out today. I think they're zipping out of there because they're in Homa, man. They're right yeah. there in New Iberia, all that area hmm. uh, over on that side, which I is feel for them. which is like the last of the vestiges where you have heliports and airports that can take people to the oil rigs. That little town of Homa that, you know, you, you see on Swamp People over at Homa, you know, I mean, uh, that's a big hub for people that come in and out of there. You can walk in trying to find a hotel room. Every hotel is completely full. Go there the next day. Every room is completely empty because it's a staging area for people that are either coming or going from the oil rigs and stuff. And uh, right now she was saying that the hotels, everybody's there sucking everybody off the oil rigs, getting them out of there. Home is, you know, full of cars and rental cars, everybody trying to get out of town. And, um, I mean, it ain't about New Orleans because New Orleans is New Orleans, okay? It's always going to be there. But when you get over on the east side of New Orleans around New Iberia, Homa, all that, Mm -hmm. like I told you guys, dude, you're literally driving on a a levee. It's water on both sides, dead alligators everywhere, getting run over every 15 minutes. And all you need is four feet of water, and that is all gone. It's well, it's erased. I tell you, with all the all the news about Afghanistan and everything else, it just has dominated the news. You almost don't hear about this hurricane, which is going to be a major hurricane. Cat four, which is coming up on the anniversary of Katrina. Yes, and uh, you turn around, you almost don't hear about it. And and that last one that came by, that was barely a hurricane. It, you couldn't move. Yeah, and this losing. is a cat. <laughs> yeah. This is a cat four, possible cat five, and a person who's been through one of those. That believe me, I was 
paying very close attention. Well, people who live there, for the most part, they, they're just like Floridians who've been there for the most part, if you've been through it. Uh, you don't wait around till uh, you know, the day or four before or whatever. But my, my cousins, Shuey and her family, they waited uh, to make preparations before they zippity-doo-die out of there. And then I got cousins over in Slidell and over in Picayune and everywhere else. They're all all thinking about heading up towards Arkansas and everywhere else to, just to get out of the, the, the brunt of the storm. Um, and Lord knows where it's going to go to from there. If it goes across the top, it's just going to be torrential bad. Yeah. all around over there so and, and that's the thing the the when you get a surge in places like that they are not much above sea level no no they are not and it, and then when the when katrina was starting to come through of course like i said those who know know and uh shuey and lynn they looked at it and said this is going to be a monster we're out of here and she said where do you want to go and she said we're going to stop in houston for a while get some supplies and he's like well are we going to stay here she goes do you know houston floods like crazy we ain't stopping until we hit Dallas, <laughs> and that's where they ended up. So, I mean, they went far to get away from there, but um, they said they're getting ready to zip out of there probably mm. today. So it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one on those folks, man. There I are a couple other storms out there right now that are likely to be named as well. You've got Tropical <sighs> Depression Ten, which is uh, uh, the, I don't have the percentage of when, but I think it's going to happen any time. Uh, sitting at 35 miles an hour right now for maximum sustained wind. And then you have Disturbance 1 with a 60% chance of forming into a cyclone in the next two days. Great. I need 13 more storms, and I win a bet and get free lunch at Mazzaro's from Pat George. <laughs> oh, really? He said we wouldn't get to Wanda. I said we'd go at least one past. If it lands on Wanda as the last name storm, we're going Dutch. So you got the bet going on? Uh, got for the bet the, over how many storms? name storms well, we're going to have. And it's 13? heating up now. Is that what you got, 13? No, no oh. there's. I, I said we'd get... Through Wanda. Well, there we go. We talk about. Oh wait. Oh, oh this is, and we're sitting at Ida. So thirteen more, and I win. We got twelve more names. Well, on the list this year. Remember like, last year we went deep into Greek names. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They're not going to do that anymore because that's happened a couple of times. So they start over with a new list of names at A. a yeah. If we get past one. Well, they got to save the Greek names for all the Delta, all the uh, virus uh, names. No, so that's too. Yeah, right. Because you, you can't call it China or India virus. <laughs> you can't, can't have uh, you know Hurricane Delta with the Delta virus going on at the same time. Well, so it doesn't make sense. So it's, it's like a, I told y'all. You know, last time when we were talking about the storm, what was it? The, the storm last week. Or See how quick you forget. Uh, well, but that's what I'm saying. Is it's you know 35 to 50 mile an hour winds. Stephen was it, it Stephen? It doesn't even. Fred Grace. Fred. Yeah, Fred Grace. Grace. Yeah, Fred Grace. Grace. Henri, we've had all those since yeah. last week. And, Grace and Fred. Yeah. I don't even get excited about that. But like this storm right here, four or five days ago, you know when they were talking about it being in mm-hmm. Cat Three, Cat Four. Like I said, since we had Michael, we went through in North Florida. When I see that, my ears perk up because that's it's like Braden's saying, from somebody who's been through one and knows what damage they can cause. I mean, well, you're still cleaning up up there where you are. We're three I years, mean, we're three, three years, years removed, yeah. and it's still. Well, I I talked uh, talking about what Bill George mentioned. I uh, talked to a guy yesterday, and uh, he was buying a bunch of ammo and stuff. I said, "What? Stocking up for the hurricane?" He goes, "What hurricane?" I'm like. <laughs> Dude, do you not see the news? It's you know, there's a hurricane out there. He's yep. like, "Is it coming here?" And I was like, "No, it's heading up to Louisiana." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, well, yeah." It's like you know, okay, big deal, whatever. Talked to my stockbroker this past week. 
Asked him what I should be investing in, you know, trying to get my son in it and all that kind of good stuff. When he talked 10, 10, hold on. It's now turned into a joke on the internet because it literally he said canned goods and ammunition. <laughs> I was like, I already got that. So We're not supposed to share stock tips till the 9 o'clock hour. That is a stock tip. <laughs> canned goods and ammunition. All right, taking a fast one, you guys. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Tony right there, I don't care who you are. What are you doing? Why would you turn down Van Halen? Are you crazy? There you go. What'd you say about radio people being deaf? Come on, Eddie's gone, man. Can't believe it. That was Bill George on vocals, by the way. <laughs> Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brady, Jonathan, and uh, Bill and Schreiner uh, messing around here in the studio live at the Beasley Broadcasting Empire oh, uh, on a beautiful Saturday. Uh, we're expecting a little bit of rain today, so if you're going to go out and go mess around, uh, right, yep. about, right about now would be the best time to do it. Uh, i got to ask you this. I dropped my kids off at school on... Uh, what day was this it? week? Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday. I can't remember what it was. This, this day matters that pertinent to the story. It is because uh, for the we were sitting in there. I was dropping off my my daughter, and we had that slight breeze in the morning and uh, that gray overcast sky. And we both at the same time said, "Dude, does it not feel like winter time when you look out here? Like that winter time in Florida." Kind of feel it's it. coming. It's that should... nice eighty-two degree morning with humidity. That's yeah, not it's winter coming. for Florida. No, well, I mean, we were sitting there, and I was like, it sh- when you look at the way the visuals were with the breeze, that that breeze going across and the leaves going across, it was like it should be forty degrees outside, 40. forty or fifty degrees outside. And of course, as you just pointed out, trying to open the door, you know, the sonnet door. It's we're back, and yeah, so much for that. But it was funny because. Uh, my good one, good wine, you know, the uh, guy, yeah. he posted a thing about that. He goes, was it just me or did it not have that little weird uh, touch of fall this morning out uh, just for about a half an hour? And, yep. uh, and I wrote back, I go, dude, I was just talking to my daughter about that It must this not have been in Zephyr Hills. That's what everybody else said. It must have been a, a local event because everywhere else it was like 90 and 900% relative yeah. humidity. No, so. it was that. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was, was out of the Tuesday? house, but it was. It, it's it's like I was telling somebody the other day if you read the almanac, yeah, it's burning up hot right now, but it's going to get cold. What did the almanac say this year? It's. For us. We're, 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 uh, we're hot right now, but it's. You're gonna need a coat for a few months. I can't remember. I, I don't own a coat. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> it's like the time when my wife said, "Hey, you know what? We should move out to Iowa." I go, "We will have to get sell of everything. We will have to buy new everything: shoes, clothes, pantalones. I don't even own a jacket. I mean, snow tire. What? What? You can't just do that. You can't just up and go. Uh, being a Floridian all your life, you can't just go. Hey, let's move to the snow country." And bring not? our stuff. Why not? Because it's freezing but cold up there. I heard it. You didn't like it because of the gun laws. Well, that also has a lot to do with it as well. <laughs> Big Hands John, what are you doing, man? Sounds like you're out there snow skiing. Uh, actually, 
I'm driving down the road, fixing to head over to a friend of mine's house. I heard you guys talking about clearing areas. Go. Yeah. Everybody just get together and rent a skid steer, man, with one of those grinders on the front. Man, they do a heck of a job. <laughs> I knew a friend I of mine's got one up in Georgia on a lease, and they all get together and just rent it for the weekend. It's unbelievable the paths that you can cut with it, and it's a very, very, very economical way to do it. Is the skid steer the one that has the hinge in the middle, uh, like uh, you see yeah, all those? Yeah, yeah, you see all those uh, the little bobcats. Yeah. Oh, the little basically the bobcats. little bobcats. Oh, dude, yeah. that's that's too wimpy. I was thinking like those ones at the Cypress. Guys, those big articulated, uh, you know, they yeah, go through the swamps. Yeah, loaders what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, I'll tell you, the skid steer that has the grinder on the front, man, it is unbelievable. It'll take down a four-inch oak tree like it ain't nothing. Yeah, well, And I mean clear it flat down to the ground where there's nothing. But and it, take it the stump like out. It looks like in there and mulched it. <laughs> and take the stump and, out. And take the stump out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I am very familiar with that piece of equipment, John. Yeah, he that <laughs> that he uses. It'll do the job. Well, it's my dad's. Uh, my dad's two favorite way of clearing land uh, that he used to use was fire and machetes, or bank hooks. You know the old yeah, uh, broad hook. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, get the undergrowth Absolutely. gone, and then get out there and trim everything back up and. Uh, he wanted to be able to see nice and far in the woods, so every tree and the limbs had to be trimmed up at least over six feet of, about the ground. So mm-hmm. cedar trees, everything, everything had to be trimmed up uh, six feet. No. So a lot of brush piles, a lot of rabbit hunting. It was all good. No. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so uh, snook season's going to open next week, man. I'm heading south. No. no. What are you talking about? No. Are you crazy? There's no, no. snook out it's there. Just, uh, Listen, snook season is as on, open uh, today yeah. as it will be next week. Yeah, you're 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 drinking yeah. too much, man. There's just no, no way. No, I'm saying it opens on September the first. No, no. Well, you're crazy. Don't even no. think that. I got a. Okay, well, I got an email from the fishing game, and that's what it told me. So I must well, be wrong. Well, you are they right. Sent me well, the wrong email. No, you, it's, no, it's, no. Uh, it says no. September first, but uh, this this is a thing because of executive order. Even though we're way above management You goals, had to get him fired up, John. Yeah, they, they have turned around, and the Tampa Bay area have snook closed at least until October. And in South Florida, all the way down Charlotte Harbor South, they have it closed there through for a good while. Okay, but the one I didn't that, know they closed it down there. I thought it was opening up. Man. No, but like, wait a minute. No, the, I have no idea. The one that I, John got the same one that I did, and it it, it says right here. The recreational harvest snook season starts September 1st statewide, with the exception of state waters from Pinellas, Hillsborough counties, including Tampa Bay, south of Gordon Pass, and Collier County. And these waters are catch and release for snook due to impacts from red tide. Uh, unique to the region, snook are many blah, 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 blah. Bull honky. It is not because of red tide. That was just the excuse they used because they are being pressured by certain people, yeah, mostly all a few select charter captains that do not want you keeping snook because they're out there having a blast <laughs> catching snook. <laughs> Yeah, at extremely high rate, and so are their clients. They're having a great time. I, yeah. I see, I see it all and, over the place. And, and you, the recreational fishermen, only per, go one percent is all the mortality that is related to recreational fishermen keeping a snook to put on the dinner table 
but yet you are excluded from the be, uh, being able to participate in that. Yeah, John. Well, damn it. <laughs> and it's all because, John, you don't show up to a commission Oh, meeting. no, it's Here not. Don't go. lay that on him, man. He's a busy man. <laughs> oh, that's all right, man. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I should hey. talk to him a lot more, but I said I wanted somebody to send me some information, yeah. and they didn't do it. Well, yes, now, yes. I'll, 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 if you read down this further, now, this is funny because this will really – I hate Wait to do this. But... Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Can I play the Bill George role for just a second? Sure. If they've sent out an email that says it's open to fish and these but these certain Except, areas – yeah, and you catch it like he said the other day. If you catch a snook and keep it in a open area, are yeah. you still legal? Well, let me, let me just add this: a snook permit, as well as a recreational saltwater license, is required to harvest snook unless the angler is exempt from the recreational license requirements. Yeah, what you think John should be? Yeah, researchers are collecting data on the harvest of snook. If approached by a biologist or if you see a donation cooler marked with snook carcass at your favorite fishing access point, please provide your filleted snook carcasses. These carcasses provide biological data, including the size, age, maturity, and Hold sex on. of the fish. Just wait, a wait, wait, wait. Wait, this information. Yeah, exactly. Th- wait, this information is important to the FWC in completing what? Stock assessments. Yes. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It is. Which we just got done, John. We exactly. just got done with a stock assessment. Twenty percent SPR is maintained and and biologically sustainable. Our goal for snook is forty. We're at fifty-four percent SPR. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Where's we're closed. The duct tape? My and head is about to explode. And we're closed. Everybody you else is open. Killed- they talk about the red tide and all that stuff. They killed more snook than you could possibly believe when they blew up the bridge going to Sierra Verde. Yeah, I heard and that. You should have seen the fish floating around there. It was well, unbelievable, man. Well, yeah. The, the yeah. red tide, the scientists, and with a very high degree of certainty, the red tide does not impact snook. Very oh. high. That is FWC's lead research biologist, the red tide doesn't bother the snook, but yet we're closed because of red tide. Yeah. We're, that's yeah. just, the, that's just they are doing it via executive order. They are bypassing rulemaking process, yeah. and they are taking what? your resource from you, but still charging you the snook stamp. And then, oh, yeah, buy it. Oh, sorry, you can't use it. And by, the way, yeah. and, and by the way, just so everybody knows, the latest red tide report that came out yesterday for southwest Florida, over the past week, our red tide was observed in very low to medium concentrations in and offshore Pinellas County. We're low to very low concentrations in Hillsborough County and very low to low concentrations in and offshore of Manatee County. Background of high concentrations in Sarasota County, which is open, by the way. No, uh, uh, no. Background in high concentrations in Charlotte County. And background and meeting concentrations in offshore of Lee County. So, Pinellas County, Hillsborough County, Ugh. low to very low, but we're oh, closed. Yeah. We're, Sorry, we're, we're closed. We're, we're only closed through October until they kick the can further. They, our season is open for just a couple months. They're trying to take away the open season, okay? Oh, they extended it through October because the commission's going to meet in October again. No, they're just trying to take one of your couple months away 
that you could harvest a snook and keep it to keep you from keeping any snook for the table. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, well, Bill, will you do me a will you do me a favor, Bill? You still have my card? Uh, I I have it somewhere, John. Um, I got his number. Okay. You, well, you, John, I don't mind giving Braden, out my number. Braden has your number, mind. and uh, I will turn okay. around. I'll get you the information. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll start attending, man. I'll I like to raise hell about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, what they're doing. That's awesome. I'm an old marine, man. There you go. I'm gonna be in your face. Yeah, <laughs> and well, I want I you think... to know I'm coming to get you. So it's a good thing. I I, I truly believe that Bill's got the, reinforcements. The, the way to it is through our governor and our legislators, because the the commission is appointed by the governor. Um, the commissioners are appointed by that. It is mm-hmm. a political mm-hmm. position. Um, that they hand out, and I mean, there's some stuff going on that just doesn't. They're not serving the people as a whole. That that this is a public resource, and it should be there for all of the people, not just some yeah. of the people. And they they and are fundamentally removing it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And slowing it down for the process. Uh, and I love it because it, when the snook season finally does open, it's going to be when we had about three cold fronts blast through. And they're not going to be wanting to chomp on anything. And if we get some horrific ones, that according to uh, the Farmer's Almanac is going to be blowing down through this year, we, when we start getting a, a cold snook kill off, then, of course, oh. then it's yep. just really going to yep. hit the fan. We you know? might actually yeah, get down to our management goal. Yeah. Yeah, but then I okay. can tell you where to go catch them at. Yeah, they could be horrific. Oh, I know where to go catch them. Yeah, right by, <laughs> right, right by a couple of the power plants. I know exactly where you could catch a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what, man. I used to be the dock master at Coquina Key Arms many years ago. <laughs> and there are some phenomenal yeah. snook in that place, buddy. Yeah. And those people that live in that place don't know how to catch them either. Seriously. Funny, funny, well, funny. Yeah, well, I used to oh, catch sorry. it. I caught eight, 18 one day. Yeah, but that's that you. 18 snook. That was great, man. It was a great day. Best day I've ever had snook fishing. Yeah, you're right down there off the end of Pinellas Point, man. There's there's some great oh, stuff. Yeah. Hey, funniest story I can ever tell you, though, about Inglewood, the guy yeah. who had the marina there, let's just say the opening night of snook season, uh, his deal was to take a six-pack of uh, silver bullets along with something else that held bullets in it, and he would go yep. sit on the end of his dock and make it very clear to you that you were not going to fish around his lights in the marina because he had snook in there that were as big as the tarpon yeah. that were sitting there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, I don't know. i got a van stall. I can cast pretty damn far. Was, yeah. I can cast real far. Well, well John, yeah, well, he's got, just he expect a call. Okay, brother, I definitely will. And uh, everybody be safe. It's always good talking to you guys. All right. Have a great weekend, John. See you, buddy. You guys take care. See you, John. Big hands, John. They call him that for a reason. That man is always going out somewhere and helping somebody every single weekend, every single day, it seems like. Yes. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Where are you going, Bill? Where are you going, Bill? He's going somewhere. Oh, he's taking his phone. Oh, bathroom break. See you. All right, bye. Serious. I think it's funny. Turner, what are you doing? Is this like in memoriam for the entire show? You're playing nothing but music from Dead Guys. Oh, let me get something from Charlie Watts. (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> Sand. It's, uh, now we got to play the Rolling Stones next. That's why, what do you think I just said? Or yeah, Guthrie. Get me some Alice Prescott. <laughs> you can get anything you want. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's a Big and Wild Outdoors jukebox. Hey. Uh, John Classic Swindle show. And uh, Bill George and Triner. We're it's all actually here mislabeled because it says Tom Petty running down a dream instrumental, but that's not what that was. Hey. Another, dead Another dead guy. Jeez. Hey. It's the dead guy show today. Did, did the... you see the... At least I've new. seen all those dead guys before they died. I never got to see Tom Petty even when he was here at the at the Don Cesar. All my friends did, but I never got to go. They all hung out with him and partied. Only guy I ever got to hang out with on the beach was John Candy when he was here uh, filming Summer Rental. Couldn't get him out of, uh, oh, here's a name from the old uh, past. Couldn't get him out of Silas Dents. Oh, upstairs. right. Yeah. Uh, the bar upstairs. Me, Jimmy Friedman, everybody, man, we had a, we had a good time with John Candy that night. <laughs> I did like your picture you posted with you and your Hank Williams shirt. That was a great concert. That's when he showed up out there and put a stool out in the middle and brought his guitar. And Hank was, Williams. And he was still kind of tipsy from when he got off the bus and decided to do like an acoustic show. Just decided on his own. He's just going to do an acoustic Boys, show. Boys, take the night off. I got this one. Yeah, it was, it was a good show. Man, that was a million years ago, me and Dean Earl. Dean Earl back in the day. Uh, during the break, we were talking about, uh, you were left the room, but we were talking about fishing and uh, the ability to grow large fish. And with this closure, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, well, the good thing about this is that you're going to produce a lot more breeders. You're going to have uh, big breeder snook now that are going to be able to go out and make a million more babies. And Let me explain to you. Our slot limit is so small right now. They're only in that slot for a very small time. We, we, one percent, one percent of uh, our snook eh. are killed by people keeping them. One percent. You're not making a major dent at one percent. I, I just want you to know this too. You have ruined fishing shows for me. Listen for for going forward, because where you're going with this about telling everybody that handling them and putting them, you know, catch and release. The mortality oh, of the that mortality is, on catch and release and snook is and, way higher. And seeing these than what people, like we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, now seeing these shows where you see, like I said, you see these guys and they pull these snook out of the water and it's like head on shot, side shot, vertical shot, this shot, that shot. They're standing there holding the snook and doing like, like I say, my glamour shots, your fish glamour shots for 10 minutes and then it's like, Put them back in the water and are whipping them back and forth. All right, we're reviving it. Yeah, revive it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you don't have to revive it if you take it off and put it back in. <laughs> take it off the hook and throw it back in real quick. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, and same thing with trout. I mean, uh, the mortality for trout is is extremely high. Uh, oh, and, trout! And trout's way high. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know just. Uh, catch them in the right way, and you and unhook them, and you throw them out there, and you look behind the boat, and they're floating upside down. This, you know, uh, this is the thing too. A lot of people fish for trout with things like shrimp and and that type of stuff. These fish are are taking that hook sometimes very deep. You're getting uh, you're getting fish that are you throat know throat hook, gill hook, hook, gut hook, hook yeah. everything else. You're trying to get people don't know how to turn around and. Deal with that. I've told, how many times have you heard me on this show say that I'm not a big fan of J hooks? I'm strict. I like circle hooks. And I like them a lot, and that's the reason why is because. But I catch more fish with J hooks. 
That's because uh, you know mm-hmm. they they uh, they suck it down and uh, you know you jerk on it and it hook, it's got a mouthful of stuff to hook onto. A circle hook is a is a learning process. You know you got to let the fish hook themselves. You got to just reel. You don't yank it. You know you're not bass fishing. Ask Glenn how many tarpon he lost out in Boca Grande. You don't lose tarpon off a hook in, in Boca Grande unless you're a bass fisherman. Because every time that thing would start pulling down and pull down, pull down, uh, he would just jerk like a crazy man. The first man, time like that I went with somebody and they the were hook. doing circle hooks, I lost for 10 minutes. I lost probably eight fish, but doing exactly what you're saying, snook and redfish, because as soon as they popped it, it wasn't real for me. It was set, like you said, it was set the hook and then I'm, start reeling. I'm not I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just, I'll give you some visual proof that you've seen with your own eyes. Panavista Lodge. We're there for the panfish challenge. We're fishing on the little overpass there, the little walkover. If you notice that the kids that were fishing with the little gold Aberdeen, you know, uh, hooks, J hooks that we've used all of our lives, how many times they would, that bobber would go under and they'd pull on it and boink, there's no fish. Pull on it, boink, no fish. Pull on it, no fish. My kids using those little Gamagatsu circle hooks, you just put it down there, fish takes it, you let him pull it out of the bobber, and you just lift it up. You don't pull on it, you don't do anything, you just just give it a nice gentle pull, and blah, up, every one of them, blah, up, look like a tuna fisherman. Bing, 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 pulling them out of the water every time. Never, not once, did my kid ever go, and that bobber go under, and that fish not come that, up on the hook. And that was the guy that I was fishing with. Am I, am I telling you a lie? No, the, the guy that I was fishing with, the charter captain, that's what he finally looked at me. He goes, he said, okay, when he hits it, count to five and start reeling. Just reel. And when I did that, I didn't miss a fish the rest of the day. No, let them do it themselves, man. Start doing it the hard way. It's just going to pull them out. But speaking of the uh, the snook, and we were saying that these people are saying uh, the good thing is is we're going to have all these babies. We're going to have baby, baby, babies everywhere. And uh, no. the sad part is is that the babies, for uh, a lot of the ways, they're the first ones that go when we do have cold snaps. Winter is coming, and cold Listen, fronts are coming. You turn around, you get your snook population so high, okay? What are they eating? What do snook eat? Uh, just about anything you can get in front of. I mean, uh, okay. So snow, your they, little trout, your little area, they're going to baby redfish, shrimp, crab. You know, I mean, pretty much everything that's out there. Bait fish. Even I can see where you're going. That the snook will depopulate other species yes. of fish if you let it. You have to have the balance, you, you, and they're un, they're unbalancing you, the listen, natural population because they're allowing us to keep one percent, Shriner. Yeah, one whole percent. <laughs> one whole, wait, I'm sorry, not yet. They're not letting us keep it yet. Yeah, uh, maybe in the future, uh, in October. Uh, so it, yeah, we'll it, it just drives you absolutely crazy it, listening it, to that. It, it really does when uh, you know little Dave comes in and, and buys a bunch of lures and stuff, and he's like, "Man, check out these trout! Look at these snook I'm pulling out of there!" And I'm like, "Dude, where are you going?" Well, he's up there around Chazawiska, north of Chazawiska, up there, yanking them out all day, putting them on the grill. Big John talked about catching 18 in one day. What are you hearing certain guides talk about catching in a day right now? They're taking out clients that are going out two times a day. You can have anywhere from two to four people on a boat. Three-hour trips, and they're whacking them. And they're whacking them. They're whacking How them. many? Uh, I, I would say at a minimum, 20. 20. Yeah, on a bad day, fifteen to ten. 
I, that would be I a bad hearing, day of fishing. I was hearing some people who were catching up to 50. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Same thing. We went out with Captain Little. This is, of course, pre-whatever. Uh, you know, pre- No, that was just after the closure. Oh, that's right. That was just after, and we couldn't keep anything. We you, we had, I guarantee it was probably somewhere around 70 between my two kids and me. And I was only half-heartedly fishing. They were doing all the catching. And I mean, you're was, talking about fish anywhere from probably 15, 16 inches all the way up to... And that was in three... Three different spots that we went to. First spot we went to, we caught a couple of trout and some deep grass. Uh, did keep a couple of those because, you know, yeah, wanted to keep a couple of trout. trout. They didn't add trout to the closure until yeah. a little later. Moved up to another spot, caught maybe 15 or 20 snook, no trout, no reds. Uh, moved up to bay a little bit more, found a spot, got in there, one of his good spots. Dude, before the, before the knocked up bait fish were even raining down on the water. They were hitting all around us. And, I mean, seriously. I mean, you look like tuna fishermen. You put a bait on, you throw it out there, your bobber would be out there for about five seconds, and boing, 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 yep, damn it, it was done. As soon as you got it off, the other kid had one on. You put a bait on, throw it in, the other taking a fish off the other one. It went by, that three hours went by like 30 minutes. We were catching that many. And not one redfish, not one trout, not one... Anything else? Nothing but snook. Every one of them. So yeah, we there's none out there. So anyway, we're gonna take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford, Bill George. Be ready. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Jonathan, Bill Jordan, Shriner. Oh, the conversations we have. So let's what? talk about the other big closure that was just announced this past week by the FWC. This is really going to affect Shriner. It's going to really affect Shriner <laughs> because now we can't go out in the woods and uh, hunt for cooter. <laughs> Silence is golden. <laughs> It's true. It well, is Shriner true. Got, Shriner got the, uh, you the know, he look, got a, he, The look is priceless. He got the dual sport bike. You know, he's got the big, you know, 63,000cc uh, You guys are trail. talking about clearing trail. I'm like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I take it? Trimming yeah. trail and can't find cooter. I mean, it's, uh, you can't go out there anymore. Yes. Uh, they, because did this, they did this closure how? Uh, they like, did the announcement. They uh, came in their executive order. Executive orders again, and said this must have uh, been an emergency. Uh, well, because <laughs> they found some, uh, they found some sick turtles. I think that the COVID's finally made it to the turtle population. Wait a minute! I wait a minute! Know. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! The one turtle that you see in just about every body of oh. water on the state of Florida. FWC takes their turtle serious now. Well, so anyway, they got a closure now because I got to bring this up because uh, Florida softshell turtles, including the Peninsula Cooter, uh, the Florida Red-Bellied Cooter, and the Yellow uh, Bellied Sliders, and of course the Red-Eared Sliders. Now, I got to ask you this because I personally have never eaten Yellow Sliders or Red Ears. Now, as for softshell turtles. I have enjoyed it quite often. Mm-hmm. It's extremely delicious, uh, even down to the the back of the shell. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, knew a guy who would use that part of the shell, skin it, 
cut it into squares, deep fry it, and turn it into like a pork rind, like a pork rind, like sandwich meat. And it was actually very delicious. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. That. I had never heard of yeah. eating this shell. So I don't know if people eat yellow-bellied sliders or the red-eared sliders. Do they do that? I mean, the, the name kind of says lot, I'm going to eat A lot of these you. things end up in the pet trade. Now, red ears, are those the ones, the red ears are the ones that you used to be able to buy at the pet store that are about this big, I, that everybody turned know. loose in their local pond? I'm not pond? a turtle expert. Shriner, are you? In? I'm not a turtle expert. Not a herpetologist. All right, your family's been here since what? Since Moses uh, Pretty much. Know, parted the Red Sea? Yeah. So are, are your grand, grand grandparents, have they been known to gnaw on a red-eared turtle bone or yellow-eared spider? We have always been of the soft-shell variety. Sure. But for both sides of my family, I wouldn't say no because... <laughs> Let's just say that there have been some meal discussions that they used to have, fellas says, back in the day that uh, my kids and stuff turned their nose up at pretty quickly. But they were curlews. They they were uh, well, no, they were quickly <laughs> curlews. That was like the eighteen hundreds. They went extinct, bro. Uh, they they were told pretty quickly that the curlews. Where did that come you from? Eat Pennsylvania? What you eat, get you so, eat what you get. Yeah. Well, you know, people do used to eat the gopher turtles. You know, gophers were a big uh, were oh, yeah. a big part of the uh, the uh, diet. So I'm just I I don't know. I haven't seen. I'm gonna have to check on the website and see what the regulations but, are for uh, red ear and yellow belly. Uh, I can remember hunting. at one time I had a pretty nice racket so, going with the uh, soft shell turtles so, and some mine ponds. And, and I had seen I had seen the fact that they were doing the closure via executive order. What did they What did they close on the soft shell? You can't take any at all. Yeah, it says uh, temporarily changes uh, were made. <clears throat> Temporary, of course. To help conserve freshwater turtle species that continue to be affected by a fatal disease caused by a virus called turtle uh, bunyai virus, BTV for short. The virus has been uh, detected throughout the state <clears throat> in the following turtle species. That's the ones I listed there and said, uh, uh, so all currently permitted activities may continue under the executive order. What? This includes the purchase and transport of turtles from registered breeders with proper documentation uh, under the executive order. Members of the public may continue to bring sick or injured turtles into wildlife rehabilitation facilities for evaluation and treatment. Um, doesn't say anything that's, uh, that's about uh, keeping them and being able to eat them. It just says to report any sick or dying. Do not attempt to move. They just told you that, that you could drop them off. Now they're telling you don't touch them. Yeah, don't touch them. Don't move them. But, oh, you can bring them if they're sick. <laughs> Avoid spreading the virus. Do not capture or transport freshwater turtles. Now drop them off. But don't touch them. <laughs> I, what, the, what the hell is that? That makes well, no sense at all. If you scoop them up with the shovel, you technically haven't touched them. And you put them in the bed of the pickup truck. Don't hit the brakes real hard because you don't want to bang them up. Yeah. But yet you can take them as long as you haven't touched them and you can go and open your tailgate at the rehab center, back up, slam on the brake, and drop your turtle off, but don't touch them. Now you sound like uh, it's the complete opposite of what you normally do. You go out, you get the shovel, you'll ho-ho-bang, 
Then you scoop him up, throw him in a cooler, and you take him to uh, your home. You grab an axe and you do your dirty work there kind of thing. You know what I will say? What's funny is they're adding this protection on these things. But if you talk to any pond maintenance guy, a little pond guy, if you're trying to grow bass or you're Mm -hmm. trying to grow um, brim or crappie or whatever in your thing, first thing they'll tell you to do, Get rid of all the turtles. Get rid of those damn soft shell turtles, man. You got to oh, get rid of them. They eat a lot. Not only do they eat a lot, but when bass are trying to bed, they will get back in ambush. And when a bass kind of swims by, they'll just take a nip out of them. They'll take a chunk out of it. Now, as this one guy explained to me, he said, you know, one or two bites of bass can go ahead and take that. They'll live. They'll You know, they'll heal up and there'll be a nice V cut in them. But... Four or five bites, and that bass is dead. So you got a four-pounder, three-pounder, ten-pounder, five-pounder out there trying to make babies. They'll just sit there like piranhas, and they'll just take chunks out of them until they just get infections, and they I end up dying. I have never caught a bass that had a chunk out of them. Oh, yeah, you can in them ponds. and those If you got turtles in there, they're all over I'm just saying, I have uh, never caught a bass. Like and I, I said, caught a lot of bass there, as the youngest. There, there, there was a certain thing in my high school and first part of college years that uh, – we were catching soft shell turtles that were big as number three wash tubs, and I had no trouble getting rid of. Yeah, I had a nice little racket going. Well, I think the only time that Glenn Kimmon and I were ever going to fight, literally fist fight, was when he came home one day with a big giant cooter turtle in the bat in the bed of his John boat. And my daughter went over there, and I was showing it to her, and she started crying when I told her that you know, Mister. Mr. Glenn was going to eat that day. She was like, Daddy, don't let him eat it. Please don't let him eat it. And I went, all right, I'm risking an eh, butt whooping here. But uh, I reached there, grabbed that thing, and turned it loose in the lake. Glenn came out with his with his cleaning utensils ready to get to work on this turtle. And I was like, uh, you might as well take those back in. He's like, what? I go, turtle's gone. It got out? Where is it? I put it in the lake. You did What? <laughs> I'm like, See, dude. Now you spread the disease. It all started with you. In what year? But then, <laughs> two weeks later, he's got a picture of it where it's going up in his yard and it's digging a hole and laying eggs. And he thought that was actually pretty cool because now he's going to have his own stock in the lake. So, <laughs> so actually, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. So anyway, we're going to take a break. So I'm sure it's probably got eaten by now. It is uh, the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Foy.